1: The unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
3: I just love the Freaks group on Facebook, and I especially love it when they correct our pronunciation.
2: It happens a lot.
3: Well, of course it does.
2: Kayla wrote us Cat and JG, Newfoundland is pronounced the same way you would pronounce understand, not Newfoundland. I absolutely love you guys and the podcast. Kat and I are kindred spirits. I nearly lost my shit when she shared my air fryer Facebook post on the cast. (laughs) Then Stacy said, my grandmother was from Pouch Cove and told me it was pronounced exactly how it's spelled, Newfoundland. Mm. And Judith says, Newfunderland? Newfunderstandland? My brain will not accept this. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kayla, though I'm still confused.
3: Yeah, that's weird because when I was a kid, I actually lived in Fredericton, New Brunswick, mm-hmm. and I don't recall anybody pronouncing it any different than Newfoundland.
2: Well, you were a stupid kid, so Well, yeah, who knows? yeah.
3: What the hell did I know? Certainly not how to skate, and boy was I ostracized for that.
2: <laughs> Today I'm going to
3: talk about Roman curse tablets. Do you know what that is?
2: I have a guess based on what you called it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep.
3: It's a small tablet with a curse written on it from the Greco-Roman world.
2: Yep. It's exactly what I thought it was.
3: <laughs> According to Wikipedia, its name originated from the Greek and Latin words for pierce and bind. The tablets were used to ask the gods or play spirits or the deceased to perform an action on a person or object or otherwise compel the subject of the curse. Okay. Apparently, in ancient Rome, if you pissed somebody off, you were apt to be apt to be the subject of a curse tablet. They would write nasty things on the tablet about you and about what they hoped would happen to you because you wronged them in, in their mind somehow.
2: Well, you have to put a curse on it because you can't stick pins in it.
3: You know, it's funny you mentioned that. They did stick pins in it. Really? Yeah, but normally cursed tablets were made out of thin sheets of lead. People would take these thin sheets of lead and scratch into it the curse using a piece of metal or stone. They would then be rolled up and pierced with
2: nails. Oh my goodness.
3: Not pins, but nails. They would then be buried underground. Oftentimes, not always. Sometimes they would be put in graves or tombs. And sometimes they were thrown into wells or pools or even a river. They were hidden in underground sanctuaries as well. And some were nailed to the walls of temples. They were mostly used for curses, but sometimes they were used to cast love spells.
2: I knew it.
3: In this case, they would write the love spell on the tablet.
2: I'm guessing the tablet wouldn't then go in a grave.
3: No, no. In fact, what they'd do is they'd sneak into their desired target's house when they weren't there and hide it. Well,
2: that's terrifying.
3: Creepy. Sometimes the cursed tablets were found with small dolls or figurines, which were also pierced by nails. Sounds similar to voodoo dolls, sure. they actually were called voodoo dolls by some of the um, architects and researchers, architects, archaeologists and researchers that, uh, that discovered them. But that's not correct. They were similar in nature, though. They would resemble the target and often had their hands and feet tied. Oh, my goodness. It was believed that the magic was made stronger if the cursed tablets included some hair or a piece of clothing, right, from the target,
2: like we learned in Teen Witch.
3: That's exactly right. This was believed to give strength to the curse or spell, because the curse or spell would have access to the person's central essence. Sure. They were mostly used in love spells, though the little dolls were. Many love spells have been found folded around pieces of hair or these little figurines, but most of the curse tablets were just that they were made to curse another person. It seems as though there was actually kind of a small industry for curse tablets.
2: If there is a demand, there is an industry.
3: Yes. Well, even back in ancient Rome, uh, many tablets that have been discovered appear to have been prepared in advance For paying customers, the section where the name would go would be left blank. (laughs) And most of the cursed tablets... It's like
2: a form letter. Yeah, it's
3: like a form letter. You just scratch in the name of the person that pissed you off and then drive a nail through it and bury it somewhere. Oftentimes, the tablets would address an infernal god, such as Pluto or Hecate. Oftentimes, rather than addressing a god, they addressed the person whose grave the cursed tablet was found in. It was believed that the dead person would act as an intermediary to the spirits or gods to carry out the wishes of the cursor. Interestingly, graves that these types of cursed tablets were found in were almost always the graves of young people who had died violently or unexpectedly. Perhaps the cursed tablet was placed there by family members cursing those they believed to be responsible for that young person's death. Okay. Sometimes they just found a person's name scratched on a tablet. This was not uncommon, um, but this would be when curses were said verbally and only the name was necessary. The intended target needed to be uh, inscribed on the tablet. Sure, okay. Over the years, they have found over 1,500 curse tablets from the Roman world. Uh, all up, all over Europe.
2: For some reason, I thought you were going to say, all up in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a few that
3: they found. Some of these are pretty entertaining. Evidently, one day, a Roman named Dosimides was at a Roman public bathhouse. Okay. And while he was there, just scrubbing about, somebody stole his gloves. Oh. This angered him so much that he wrote out a curse tablet that said, that he cursed the thief and asked the gods to make the thief lose their minds and their eyes in the goddess's temple.
2: He couldn't have just asked for his gloves back?
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, because somebody stole his gloves. He cursed them so that they would go insane and lose their eyesight. Mm -hmm. Um, Those those must have been awesome gloves. The author of the next curse tablet apparently was suffering from some, some serious heartbreak. Apparently, their lover, Vilbia, was stolen away by another woman. The curse tablet reads, quote, May he who carried off Vilbia from me become liquid as water, and may she who so obscenely devoured her become dumb. Interesting use of pronouns there. I'm not really sure how that relationship played out, but it's not of my business. But it's a pretty shitty thing to wish on somebody that they'd be liquefied.
2: <laughs> but I've been there. You maybe, know, what are you going to do? <laughs>
3: maybe, they, maybe they had it coming. Our next ancient Roman victim was a man named Vario. Vario's cloak and other accessories were stolen from him by an unknown thief. Vario, on his curse tablet, wrote that the thief should be bereft of his mind and memory, and that worms, cancer, and maggots penetrate his hands and feet, as well as his limbs and marrow. Uh,
2: Again, it's a very (laughs) intense reaction about a piece of clothing.
3: Yeah, apparently they really prized their cloaks in ancient Europe, as well as their gloves. In the third century, a major source of entertainment for Romans was betting on chariot races. And like today, you always want an inside track, you want some sort of an inside tip or an edge when you're betting. Sure. And like today, many people take their enthusiasm as a fan to extremes in some cases. On one particular curse tablet, it stated, quote, I implore you, spirit, whoever you are, and I command you to torment the horses of the green and white teams Aww. from this hour on. And from this day on, to kill Clarius, Felix, Primus, and Romanus, the charioteers. So he was wishing ill will on the horses and death on the competing charioteers.
2: It's not the horse's fault that you're bad at gambling. (laughs) There was once a Roman
3: comedic actor named Socio. There was also a local mime named Imolpos. And it seems as if the author of this curse tablet was a bigger fan of the latter. He says, quote, Socios must never do better than the mime, Eumolpus. He must not be able to play the role of a married woman in a fit of drunkenness on a young horse. Now, in the 3rd century, this role was a common joke in Rome. So, in essence, what they were saying was, he hopes that the comedian's jokes all fall flat. Oh, okay. Tough crowd. There once was a gladiator named Vincenzo Zarizo.
2: Is this the beginning of a limerick?
3: It sounds like it. (laughs) He was a second century gladiator, and he was also a bear hunter. He would often bring bears to the Colosseum as part of the, you know, whatever. Um. This cursed tablet was found in North Africa, and it says they hope he loses all of his bears that he captures and is unable to kill any bear that he encounters. It's likely that this person, this was just this person's way of ensuring that, uh, Vincenzus loses his next gladiator match. It also seems that somebody was really angry at somebody named Tacita. Tacita must have really pissed this person off because one curse tablet stated, quote, Tacita hereby accused is labeled old like putrid gore. Wow, that's intense. I'm gonna use that one. Then there's this curse that was aimed at Plaudius. He was a slave of Avanya This particular curse implores that Plautius's body parts, both internal and external, are destroyed over time <laughs> in such a way as to avoid him ever discovering where his pain comes from.
2: This is These are so specific. <laughs> yeah.
3: The most interesting part of this curse was the very specific instruction to destroy Plautius's quote sacred organs so he can't urinate.
2: Oh my goodness.
3: That's just mean. They speculate this was written by somebody who was left heartbroken after the relationship with Plautius was dissolved. Sure. Please don't ever curse my sacred organ. Cursed tablets reached their peak in popularity around the fifth century. By the seventh century, they were nearly non-existent. So it was a craze for a couple of hundred years. My source information was Wikipedia and ancient origins curse tablets from ancient Rome. I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids. Throughout the history and development of life here on the planet Earth, animals have evolved many creative ways of defending themselves. Some as simple as teeth and claws, to more sophisticated methods like stinging and venom. And then there's the really weird methods. For example, the bombardier beetle. Bombardier beetles are the favorite food of toads. When a bombardier beetle is swallowed by a toad, The beetle projects a hot, noxious chemical from their anus. This causes the predators to puke them back up. Nature finds a way.
2: So if you are a member of the Freaks group on Facebook, you'll know that in order to become a member, you have to answer some questions in order to be let into the group. Um, They're not tough questions, by the way. The question basically asks if you will be willing to be nothing but sweetness to your fellow Freak and approach conversations within the group with love in your heart and pants.
3: Which is, by the way, the appropriate place to keep your love.
2: New member Jay Smith responded this way. I will be a gumdrop on the tongue and a Cadbury egg under the zipper.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We'll let that one in. (laughs) If you want to join the Freaks group, just search Freaks, a box of oddities podcast group on Facebook. We'd love to have you there. Talk about a community that supports itself. I love it. Time and time again, somebody will come on and say, I'm having a bad day, and they'll get 600 responses, words of encouragement from fellow freaks. I love you guys so
2: much. You're the best.
0: Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken?
1: I've been going through some of your things while you were listening in the other room, and I just have to ask, can I wear this? This is the Box of Oddities.
2: You're driving along the picturesque countryside of Finland. You're about 30 kilometers north of Suomassalmai, a lovely little town you stumbled upon, with a kopeskas market where you were able to find some lovely vili. As you drive, belly full of fermented dairy, tall (laughs) conifers paint the sides of the road and fill your vision until a clearing appears in the distance. Am I painting this for you?
3: It's like I'm there.
2: As the expanse becomes visible, you notice it is not empty. At the edge, a figure stands still. As you approach rapidly nearer, you see it, the motionless shape, not alone, Far from it, in fact. Within seconds, hundreds of standing bodies, facing you, become clear. Still, except for the movement of the clothes they're wearing, the wind-powered movement of the fabric makes the stillness of these figures all the more
3: unnerving. Yeah, this is pretty unnerving. I mean, I was unnerved when, when you mentioned fermented dairy, but now...
2: These are the silent people, or the Hildjen Kienza in Finnish. The figures are made up of wood and peat or straw. Their heads, chunks of peat, covered in straw or grass hair, and a simple cross-shaped wooden body draped with colorful clothing.
3: Kind of like scarecrows, but lots of them?
2: Kind of like scarecrows and about a thousand of them. Oh my
1: god.
2: The creator, Reho Kila, is a Finnish dancer, choreographer, and performance artist known best for his performance in Helsinki called City Man. It was 1989, and he spent a week inside a glass box in the middle of the city.
3: It's kind of like a really boring David Blaine.
2: For most of his career, Keila had been a freelance dancer and choreographer, but he became a dancer and choreographer because he just had this uncontrollable physical energy. He had so much energy to work with. He had to find a way to get it out. And dancing was the way to do it. Wow. And because he was also an artist at heart, um, it just seemed to all kind of work together and dance and art became his career. Kila actually received a 15-year state grant in 1995. And he's been awarded the Pro Finlandia Medal in 93, an art prize from the Ula County Arts Council in 94, the Finland Prize in 96, the State Prize for Public Information in 2009, and he was granted a state artist pension, which I had to look it up because I figured, I mean, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but coming from the states, it's also very foreign, the idea to me. <laughs> Basically, it's granted in recognition of meritous activities as a creative or performing artist uh, to an artist who lives and has lived in Finland. It's like a pension for having been a lifelong Finland artist.
3: It's amazing that they do that. It
2: is. According to one source, The Silent People was created originally as an anonymous work in 1988, and it was meant to be a part of a dance performance. Kila had originally wanted, according to this source, all of the unemployed people in Sua Masalmai to rise up from the field. But after figuring that the local unemployed wouldn't have much interest in being a part of his art piece, Mm -hmm. he got to crafting.
3: As one does. Mm.
2: But now the silent people stands as an independent art piece. Keela's been asked about what the meaning of the project is, but he refuses to provide an answer. Each visitor has to draw their own conclusion. Some view it as a state of psychological withdrawal. Other people believe it represents forgotten people, and many find the piece frightening or menacing, but as many find the scarecrows sad or disturbing, giving you a feeling of forgotten people which leads to a very popular theory that they represent those lost during a brutal battle that took place nearby during the Winter War of 1939 and 1940 between the Finns and Soviet Russia.
3: But he says it's really in the eye of the beholder what the meaning is. He's not really said.
2: He's not said for sure, no. So it is up for you to interpret yourself. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it could have been made with his idea of, it. Does you know, you know how art is. Art is slippery. It can be if it's made with eggs. I love egg art. <laughs> now, the shape of the bodies of the silent people does lend itself to this kind of idea. Uh, were they to be completely undressed, you would find over a thousand wooden crosses resembling uh, like a graveyard or a memorial of some sort. Interesting. Because the cross is the only forever part of the people because the... Peat head or the chunk of sawed head, you know, obviously would erode. Yes, so
3: clothing will rot away, and and this has been an exhibit since the late 1980s. You That's said? right. Yes. Wow. So probably well, it's eroded down to just a bunch of crosses at this point, which is kind of a cool concept. They've shuffled off their mortal coil.
2: Actually, the peat-headed wooden-framed effigies are maintained by a youth workshop who changes their clothing twice a year.
3: (laughs) Now, did the artist approve this?
2: I believe so. Okay,
3: then that's fine. Yes. Otherwise, stop fucking with other people's art.
2: (laughs) I love it, though. All the clothes are donated, and um, looking through photos, it's a wide variety of clothing. There's some very fashionable crosses out there. Oh, wow. When the Silent People celebrated its 20th anniversary, Keela created a performance with the same name with a partner. I don't know exactly what that performance was like because I could only find still shots from it, but I know he was wearing a very blousy shirt.
3: Oh, well, that's nice. How artistic.
2: Now, even though these Silent People are stationary, the figures have moved around a bit. This is not its original location. In the beginning, it was in two locations closer to the center of town. And the silent people even made a trip to Helsinki in 1994.
3: They had to relocate a thousand of these things? Yes.
2: Now, if you want to visit the silent people, which a lot of people do, there is a nearby cafe. Which is open daily in the summer, June, July, August, and September, and in the winter if you pre-order for groups. The website says, come and taste our proper fire-brewed kettle coffee with delicious butter-baked Finnish crepe with reindeer ham filling.
3: Well, uh, you had me up to the reindeer ham filling yeah. part. That, that sounded great.
2: Right? I was totally on board. Um, but I do appreciate that they, they keep it Finnish. You know? Yeah. TripAdvisor, interestingly, only has about 75 reviews for The Silent People. And it's at a 4.5. A few people, you could tell, just didn't get it. Sure. And they were like, oh, I drove all the way out here and it's just a bunch of crosses wearing clothes. Um, but, you know, art <laughs> isn't for everyone. Sure. One guy also said that it wasn't that great, plus the cafe was closed. So he gave it two stars. Um <clears throat>
3: People can be so bitchy. I know.
2: (laughs) Anyway, to me, it looks absolutely amazing. And I can certainly see how it would be incredibly unnerving at first, but then maybe kind of solemn. And I feel like it would make me emotional. But, you know, what these days doesn't.
3: (laughs) The idea of maybe spending a couple of hours one afternoon out there just sitting in solitude I bet that would be a really interesting emotional experience.
2: I would agree. Anyway, thanks so much to Porter's mom on TikTok who sent me this topic. I got most of my information from TripAdvisor, from ThisBelongsInAMuseum.com, from Nidikavilla.Finland, Atlas Obscura, and VisitFinland.com.
3: So it's your turn to go to Maine uh, during cold months. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, I am not excited about it. <laughs> and you know what's weird is, I was talking to my mom this morning, and I was, you know, making plans, and I said something along the lines of, Ugh. "Yeah," and she was like. Uh, wh- are you not excited? And I was like, absolutely not. Why would I be excited about going to Maine in December? And she was like, well, you're going to see people that, you you know. And she was very <laughs> offended by the fact that I. And it's like, it's not about you people. Mm. It's the reason that I left Maine in the first place yeah. is I don't like to be cold. <laughs> Although, and then I've chosen December to go back.
3: I know. Bad mistake. I, I was looking, though, at, at the forecast, looking ahead, and it seems like it's it's going to be okay, like 50 and rainy. Okay. I mean, you can deal with that.
2: Yeah, especially since you did buy me a new sweater, and I really appreciate you.
3: Merry early Christmas.
2: I think that was a Christmas Friday gift, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I was sad because a dog that I follow on TikTok died, and so you were very sweet and dropped everything, and we went to get breakfast and you bought me a sweater and you really did turn my day around. So I appreciate you very much.
3: Yeah, whatever. Now you're just being gross. We appreciate you very much for hanging out with us. We look forward to seeing you next time.
2: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
1: Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands. Therefore, it's been requested by those to whom I report to beseech you for assistance. We ask but one thing of you, to provide a five-star rating and a positive review. True, that is two things. However, tis merely a five-star rating and a positive review. Also, subscribe to us. Okay, so three things is all we ask. Three things and three things only. Henceforth, the Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories, stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. Theboxofoddities.com. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved.
0: Hello everyone, stuck who you here? And I'm Gabby. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky
3: history can be.